Welcome to the Manda Hadley podcast. Now, in this edition, uh, we're going to be discussing a subject that is something of a taboo, and that's preparing for old age and inevitably death. Amidst the emotional and practical considerations when a loved one dies are a range of legal and financial consideration. Um, However, because talking about death and dying um, is such a taboo, many of us find that we have little idea of what to do um, following a death. Naturally, few of us enjoy thinking about our own mortality, um, and this means that um, over half the population in the UK don't have a valid will in place, leaving them with no control over where their wealth and assets go after they die, and creating significant headaches for the loved ones left behind. So to talk through some of these issues, I'm joined today by Caroline Dobson, uh, Associate Director in the Wills Probate and Older Client Services Department at Marder Hadley. So hello, Caroline, and thank you for joining me today. So can we begin by going sort of step by step through the legal and financial processes that people need to go through following the death of a loved one? Well, it's a very emotional time really when somebody passes away, but there are a lot of things that have to be done and dealt with and have to be faced really quite early on. The first thing is that you have to register the death. Now, to do this, you will need to collect from your doctor or the hospital a medical certificate of death which basically confirms that the person has indeed passed away. This will be given to you in a sealed envelope which you should not open because it is for the registrar. Once you've got this envelope you need to then contact your local register office and you can get details of your local register office on the internet or by phoning your local authority and arrange an appointment to go along to see a registrar and register the death. If the person who has died has already been widowed, then you will also need to provide the full name and former occupation of the person who died first. So in these situations then, what challenges have you seen um, that can arise and, and how can they be overcome? Well, after you've registered the death, you can start dealing with the estate. And the first challenge that you might face is actually trying to locate the will of the person who has died if you don't know where it is. Now, in all honesty, most people tend to be fairly well organised and will have paperwork at home which will include their bank details and other assets and so on and usually there will be a copy of the will there but if you can't find this and you're not sure if the person has made a will then the first port of call really should be the certainty will registration website which um, contains details of people who have made wills you can't see on the website what the what the wills are or who's made wills but by contacting certainty through their website you can they, they will then notify the solicitor who's holding their will who will then contact you if they've got one and if there is no will they will say that as well so first of all then you do you do need to locate the will and then you can identify the executors Now it's important to do this at an early stage because the next stage you have really is to organise the funeral. And to organise the funeral you have to remember that whoever actually organises it will have to pay for it as well. So if you're not the executor and you don't have any access to the funds of the deceased then you could end up actually footing the bill yourself. So it's very important that you identify the executors and that perhaps involve them in the funeral arrangements or at least ensure that you have their agreement and so forth to your proposals for the funeral. Okay, so 
When somebody dies without a will in place, um, I understand that the intestacy rules come into play. So could you perhaps explain those to us? Yes, of course. The rules of intestacy do come into play where somebody dies and they haven't made a will. In this situation, then a surviving spouse or civil partner is entitled to receive what's called a statutory legacy. This is an amount of £270,000 and then the remaining assets belonging to the deceased are split as to 50% for the surviving spouse or part, civil partner and the remaining 50% is for the person who's died's children. This can have a real problem if there's a family home because if the home is in just in the sole name of the person who has died, then to satisfy these statutory legacies to the widow and children would mean that the house might need to be sold. So for this reason alone, it's very important that married couples make a will. So how is the estate administration dealt with? The most important thing is that a grant of probate is obtained to enable the administration to commence. Now it's a little bit of a chicken and egg situation in a way because to obtain the grant of probate, you have to establish the value of the estate at the date the person passed away. This means that you have to identify all of their assets and all of their liabilities. And by assets, I mean the family home, shares, investments, savings, pensions, anything that has a value that that is to be paid out to the estate. You also have to identify the liabilities, and these would normally include the funeral, of course, the funeral reception, and any other liabilities, such as the credit card charges, telephone bills, utilities accounts, and so forth. So really, what you're looking to achieve is a snapshot, if you like, of the value of the estate as as on the day that the person passed away. Once you have this information, you can then apply for the grant of probate. Once you have the grant of probate, this basically is the legal document that allows the executors to be able to deal with the administration of the estate. So it confirms the will and it also confers authority on the executors to deal with the administration. This means that they can then start closing the bank accounts, they can sell a property if that's needed to happen, they can sell shares, they can cash in investments, settle liabilities and then pay what's remaining out to the the beneficiaries in accordance with the laws of intestacy or the will if there is one. Okay. So, on that basis, we can assume having a will is a good idea. Definitely. How, how complicated is it to prepare a will for the first time? It's so easy. It's, it's, it's something that everybody should do. Um, and, of course, we would always recommend that you use a solicitor because by going to a solicitor, you will be able to benefit from the from quality legal advice which is tailored to your specific needs. You know, although there are lots of general situations about families and so forth, everybody is different. Everybody has different assets, different amounts of assets, different relationships of family and so on. And you need to ensure that the advice you are obtaining to prepare your will is really specific to you. The way that we deal with wills is that we always have at least two appointments. We would have the client come in on the first meeting um, and we would ask them at that, at that interview to let us know have details of all their assets and their family members and so on. We need to know details of their assets, so this would involve their house and savings and so on. A rough idea of the valuation of all of these is really helpful and advise on ways of mitigating these, including the availability of exemptions and allowances. We would then ask the client to confirm who they wish wish to leave things to, 
um, and who they wish to appoint as their executors and also of course guardians it's very important for couples with children under the age of 18 that they appoint guardians to look after the children in the event that the parents should pass away while the children are still young okay so what circumstances might we need to amend a will and are there any circumstances that would render a will invalid it's always very important to review your will um, if there's a change in personal circumstances or if there's a change in your financial circumstances so for example with your personal circumstances if you remarry or even if you marry for the first time marriage automatically revokes the will and a lot of people forget this or, or simply aren't aware of it if you are about to embark on a second marriage, you do need to make a new will because otherwise it's possible that your children from your first marriage could lose out significantly if you pass away after your second marriage if you haven't changed your will. It's very, very important to do that. The other time when it's important to change your will is if there's a change in your financial situation. So this could be that you may have received an inheritance from your own parents or another family member, um, which could in fact make your, your estate taxable and there may be things that you need to do to protect that. The other thing is, as you get older, it might be worth to look at funding of long-term care and how you would deal with that. Um, and there are ways of sheltering assets to assist in that situation. So how often do you think we should review our will? There is no hard and fast rule, but we always say maybe every seven years or so, or if there's a change in your circumstances. And I always recommend to clients that if ever they're unsure, if they're if following a budget or following um, their children get married or they have grandchildren or there's a divorce in the family, then come along, see your solicitor, have a chat about your will. It might be that you don't need to make any changes at all, but it might be that a small amendment or a significant amendment might be relevant, in which case a new will would be required. Okay, so I guess the the um, advantages of using a solicitor to prepare a will outweigh the choices, other choices that are available. So online wills, DIY wills, packs from stationers. Um, in your experience, Caroline, what, what are the advantages of using a solicitor? I think if we look at it from the other side of things, really, in that very often wills that haven't been properly prepared can end up costing thousands when dealing with the estate administration. So what's often seen as a sort of cheap shortcut at the beginning can sometimes turn into a very expensive mistake. There are very, very strict rules about the interpretation of wills, about the signature of wills. And also it might be that the advice that you haven't had as a result of not going to a solicitor might actually make a significant difference to the amount of inheritance tax that's payable or other tax saving schemes that you might have been able to use. Okay well thank you Caroline. Um, For more information and how to get in touch with Caroline if you're interested in talking about making a will or indeed are in a situation where you need to look at probate uh, caroline's uh, contact details accompany the editor's notes to this podcast um, or of course you can visit the mandahadley.co.uk website please be sure to subscribe to the podcast using your usual podcasting service and join us again for our next edition and caroline thank you thank you